0: Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter Paige Baumert. Hi Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are going to talk about beefing up the social training of our children. Now, I know that you remember you were trained different socially than maybe some of your friends were. You happened to notice some of that, and there were a few times you weren't sure if it was best, but actually, most of the time, you were really grateful for it. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about what we did that was different and how it actually turned out to be a really positive thing for you, the other children, and and how we can just really do better social training as a family. But before we do that, we are going to share, as is tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, a fun family activity. So Paige, what type of an activity do we want to talk about today?
1: Today, I want to talk about books because I mean books are great and especially us as a homeschool family we read lots of books together and we always made a book list for the beginning of the school year Um, and so we I recommend that you pick a new book and read a new book together in fact if you need a recommendation for books you can go to our podcast 68 which is titled stand out and speak up Um, it's where we give lots of book recommendations uh, some of our favorites that we've learned a lot from Uh, Mm -hmm. it was always a really fun experience and just having that time where mom read aloud to us while we did something on the floor or you know something like that it was just it was always a really good time and it was good for our bonding as well
0: Mm -hmm. so Paige I want to just like have you say something from your own perspective but um (laughs) I don't even I'm trying to get see how I can get you to say this (laughs) but, but anyway so I um should you only read to your children? Like, should, should you only do family read-alouds with young children or younger children? No. Okay. My
1: opinion is, because you did it even while we were growing up and getting ready for college. And, you know, technically high school age. But that was a time where we got to discuss things that we were reading. And we would take time, you know, in the middle of whatever we were reading would say, okay, so this just happened to this character. What do you think about that? Or how do you think that affects them later on? Or, um, you know, what could this possibly mean for them socially or, you know, whatever. And so we actually took the time to analyze these different characters and what was in different situations. And it is still some of my favorite times because, you know, sometimes we'd sit on the couch and for me, I'd probably be crocheting something or sketching something. Um, And it was just, it was a very good family time. No Mm -hmm. matter the age, it's always great for bonding to have read aloud time.
0: Yeah, it is. In fact, you and your husband read to each other. Oh, yeah.
1: No, he loves reading to me. He's like, can I read to you today?
0: (laughs) And so we we like to make time for that. Well, because then you have a shared experience. Mm -hmm. You've gone through a story together, a journey together, and it's something that you can both like refer back to and talk about. And it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think it's a great idea. Pick a new book, mm-hmm. start a new tradition to always read together as a family every day, or maybe there's a certain day of the week that you want to do it, but pick that time, set it up and, and make a new tradition as a family. All right, so let's talk about social training. You already mentioned that with these books, you were learning social lessons, right? Mm-hmm. So we were discussing- we took the
1: time to analyze it.
0: Yeah, we discussed. Mm-hmm. And, and there's one thing to read it and let everybody process on their own. But then there's another thing to read it The people are processing, but then the whole group processes together and you have group discussion and all of a sudden, whatever you learn just becomes even more applicable. It comes alive, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's something that's been a big part of our history. And I guess even though it's one of our fun family activities, we could actually say, uh, this is a good thing to do for social training, you know, at the wow. same time. Okay. But that's not one of our key points. We'll call that a bonus. Yeah. yeah you got your bonus right <laughs> so at the beginning. Be like that
1: till right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Okay. So we're going to be talking about social training and the social, and we're going to look through the topic of social and training our children socially through the lens of self-government. So Paige, explain self-government.
1: Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them.
0: Okay. So we're talking about social here. Mm -hmm. So think about what this means for social. If a person understands cause and effect in their social interactions, that's huge, right? So big. It's enormous. And then they possess a knowledge of their own behaviors. So they see their own social behaviors, how they're interacting with other people and they change them to become better to match the outcomes they want. Mm -hmm. This is huge. This is actually one of the key principles that helps a person excel socially. In fact, there's different types of intelligence. There's intellectual intelligence, emotional intelligence, practical intelligence, and this self-government piece actually hits all three of those intelligences understanding what self-government is and that you actually can choose for yourself how you want to behave and interact with other people Mm -hmm. but then also understanding how you work emotionally so that you can make sure you have the right thoughts at the right moment so that you don't have you know unproductive emotional times and and have that ruin friendships that's going to be a factor but then that practical intelligence where you say okay i know a skill i know how to use this skill to get along with other people in fact you know social just in general is all about how we interact with other people
1: oh for sure that's like all it is
0: yeah so good okay so how do we learn social there really are only three ways so there's there's a few different settings mm-hmm. um and and really here's the thing is one is better than all the rest. Yeah. Okay. So I usually share this story when I talk about this type of uh, a thing, like who should teach the social? I share this story of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Mm-hmm. I love Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It's a classic musical. Yes, but it is really all about social training. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. So there's Millie, and there's these seven backwoodsmen who have no social skills, <laughs> and she decides I'm gonna train them because they need help, right? And so then she goes about this process of attempting to train them. And, and they're they're in love with girls and she wants them to maybe have some success with these girls. And so she says to these backwoodsmen, okay,
1: well, let me help you.
0: Exactly. She <laughs> says, all right let me help you and and ask you a question here. And so she says, all right, let's say the girl you you like is coming out of church one Sunday and and you want to strike up a conversation. What are you going to say? And little Gideon, the youngest, he goes, "Uh, (laughs) nice nice... night for a coon hunt. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, we just love that play. Don't we? (laughs) We love it so much. Anyway, So yeah. And she's like, no, that is not what you do. So then in true musical fashion, she teaches them all the social skills they'll ever need in one song. Yes. Yes. And the song is go in court, go in court. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> and they're dancing, they're, they're po- doing the polka around yeah. the cabin. <laughs> it's just this really fun moment. And by the end, they're all just little dandies. Yes. And they have, they have all knuckles, of this.
1: spruced up clothes. <laughs> yes. They just, they
0: have everything in place. They are ready yes. to meet the girls and get the girls. Ready to go courting become gentlemen exactly so when so when we learn social we can either a learn social like millie taught it you know from our family mm-hmm. okay from our parents our big brothers our big sisters or we can learn social from same age peers who we all know have a tremendous amount of experience yeah
1: well, and actually that happens later in the movie too or in the play where they're learning it from their older brother who is married to Millie and he has a completely different idea about what should happen.
0: Oh yeah, he messes up, but they also they also at the barn raising. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the barn raising the peers, yep. okay? The same age peers, these other young guys, they start attacking them. There's a lot of bullying and fighting that goes on and this is how they learn social, mm-hmm. right? From mm-hmm. the peers. And she has and then and they fall, they they don't use their social skills like they should have all the way along and she just Millie is just like that was not okay. <laughs> and she just corrects them. She's very disappointed in them so anyway we can learn from from millie or from our mommies okay and, and our families Family in general yeah. mm-hmm. we can learn from same age peers mm-hmm. or we can learn from the media like stories, like books we were talking about. You can learn from books. You can learn from music. You can learn from movies. Okay, nowadays and it's
1: a lot of online stuff. YouTube. Yeah. Uh,
0: social media, Ugh, social media. <laughs> ah, that's not the place. <laughs> that is not the place. Oh my goodness. Anyway. So those are our options. So when you think of those options, I want you to just ask yourself, it's no brainer, right? Who would you like to teach your child social? Me yeah of course you've got a child coming Mm -hmm. you're not thinking you know i've worked so hard to get this little child here and she's going to be so innocent and everything else i think i'll just go ahead and you know put her with i don't know hollywood (laughs) that's not happening we'll just let disney train her on what to do you know or whatever it is i mean it's like Oh, whenever I see people put their babies in front of movies and YouTube videos and stuff like that, it just breaks my heart because I, I think they are just soaking everything up. They may not even be able to talk yet, but they are soaking up all of those interactions and the way that they behave. And I'm like, just don't do it anyway. But you know, you can't make people change. So anyway, we need to talk about deliberately socially training our children. And right. I'm going to assume when I asked that question that everybody listening said to themselves, uh, I kind of want to be the one that trains my child socially. Here's the deal your children will turn out to be just as social as you are. That's how it turns out. Mm -hmm. So if you have social, good social skills, then your children will turn out to have good social skills. This was my peace of mind when I decided to homeschool, because (laughs) let me tell you something, you know, because I examined social and I I read in books and I looked in things and, and I noticed that these stories really proved the children turned out to be, to have the social skills usually, generally, that their parents had, unless they never were with their parents.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: In which case, then whoever the parents turned them over to got to groom them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I thought, well, if I'm the key player in my child's life and I know that I actually am very social, I have incredible social skills. My parents trained me very deliberately Mm -hmm. on those things. So I know I don't need to worry. About right. my children's social skills because they're going to learn what they need to. Then I looked at my husband and thought he's a, he's a little crass sometimes. I might need to ruin- no, I'm kidding. I
1: mean, <laughs> I, mean he well, had- I mean, you did have to do a little refining when you guys got married
0: and stuff. But <laughs> uh, I have not been able to fully refine no. him yet. I mean, let's just be let's just be person. real. He is his own person. Yeah, <laughs> and so but I had to I had to say t- I mean it, don't don't ladies always say that about the guys? Oh my goodness, the potty humor. The, yeah, you know, there's just <laughs> so like a little it bit help of that. that. Dad
1: is a plumber. So it
0: does not help because then he feels like he's totally justified oh, yeah. in telling potty jokes anyway. So, uh, <laughs> however, however, that said he has really minded himself. Well, mm-hmm. he has, I mean, you know, little, little funnies here and there that really, are just the not end, much, whatever. not yeah, not much. <laughs> anyway, no, I just have to. I have to tease. If he ever hears this one day, he's gonna be like, "Yeah, I was talked about." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he'll like that. Okay, so so let's talk about how to socially train. So he actually was really invested in socially training you guys too, mm-hmm. and so so you know I shouldn't harass too much about no. him uh, because he was incredible. The things he did for Quinn, especially uh, oh, yeah. at socially training him, which was so important because that first child. Whatever training you do with that first child trickles down yeah. to all the other children because they have that peer culture mm-hmm. with each other, and they they end up socializing each other as peers. And yeah. if and if they all have the same principles that they've been taught from the parents, then they're going to reinforce have the good stuff with cases, each other. Though,
1: where you know sometimes it's the youngest child who has the best social skills, and the oldest struggles.
0: Yeah, no, it can happen. What I'm saying is, is that if the oldest has it it often trickles mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. Occasionally you can have an oldest child that doesn't and the younger child that goes, you know what? I don't want that. I want something better. And they make a deliberate cho- choice to gain other skills. Yeah. Or it could you be know? later
1: on you're like, Oh, I probably should have done something a little better for the older kids. I've got a couple kids left. Let's, let's try that. Okay.
0: So see that happens too, where parents all of a sudden, maybe they have less children at home. They get their second wind or they realize, Oh, I don't have babies or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I have more time now. The thing is social training doesn't have to take time.
1: No, I mean, it it, it really doesn't. It
0: it totally can just be part of life. Just like what we were talking about earlier, read a book, talk about the the social lessons there, the principles, the relationship elements, the social lessons that you see in there. And that right there is good training. See a movie, same thing, Mm -hmm. right? So same thing, but there were some other things that we did. One thing in particular that I did with all of you guys. I mean, it was a family thing. We just did it as a family. And that was deliberate about it. It was super deliberate. Mm -hmm. It was planned out. I decided that I weren't, I wasn't going to just turn you loose to any child that happened to be around forever. Okay. Especially because I did foster care and I knew the percentage of children that were in the system that nobody knew all their issues, but I did. Right. Plus, um, you know, then there's all the ones that probably could be in the system, but nobody knows about them yet. And it's just <laughs> like I'm. I'm just not going to let my child just go to anybody's house. I, I feel like It'd those influenced by anybody. Yeah, those days are actually kind of gone, right? Yeah, because there's it's just not safe to do that. Society doesn't maintain the same social values, no, cultural and all. moral values. They they just don't. And so parents have to take that on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just where we're at. It's sad because when I was a child, almost every child in the neighborhood had the same social moral values. Mm-hmm you know, and the parents could just kind of trust that and they'd all watch out for each other's children. And it was just really beautiful, but it's really rare to have circumstances like that. You may end up with some golden neighbors where you all create this little culture and you can do that, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. But that's
1: more and more rare.
0: It is. So you have to create
1: your own culture.
0: Yeah, exactly. And which is what I did. Mm -hmm. So, so dad and I looked around in our community. We looked around people at our church, people in our homeschool community. And we said to ourselves, okay, so what type of a family seems to be on the same page with us morally, socially, you know, everything. And they have all the principles that we like to have too. Right. Um, and so we then said, oh, that family. In fact, they have older children than, than us. And we can see they're turning out quite well. We'd even like to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then we said, okay, we are going to deliberately become friends with that family. Yeah. and well, it was a
1: bonus because a lot of them had children the same age as us and so yeah they were like you know some ish. of them were still yeah. friends you know
0: yeah ish within a year usually of mm-hmm. all of you there was yeah. a child and so and so we started saying okay well once a month we're gonna get together with the couples of these families, so that the couples become friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we said, and now what we're going to do is we're going to have at least once a month, but probably it's going to be more than that. In with our homeschool world, it was like at least weekly. Yeah. At least once a week <laughs> um, that we were getting together with these other families and doing activities and going on field trips mm-hmm. and having barbecues and birthday parties and yeah. stuff like that that we would do. And that was a big chunk of our social time. And it Huge. was very structured. Well, structured in that we picked the people on right, purpose. Right, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah, but but when we all got together not structured. No, it no, was like, go play." Have yeah, fun. so it, it it was like, this is these are people that we already know are right on the same page as us. And, and they would correct you. They, I, they were the parents that would correct my children if they saw something going wrong, Thank you. <laughs> because they wouldn't want it to be presented to their children. Right. if It was a problem. Mm-hmm. And I would do the same thing and they would be fine with it mm-hmm. and they would not be offended. Yeah. And so, and I, I needed those type of people in our life, which is really great. So then you started picking your best friends. You know, I'm thinking, uh, Ellie, And Sienna and some of these people, you started picking some of your little best friends at the time from this group of people, and um, and then all like those families would all become mutual friends, and so we'd all hang out
1: together, and oh, so fun.
0: And here's the thing: is I really believe it is socially healthy for a child not to feel exclusive with their friends. So so when you would have a play date, let's say with. Uh, Siena or something, mm-hmm. then London would be like, well, I want to, can Autumn come too? And so now oh, we're, oh, we're going to be with Autumn. Yeah. And, now, and Porter would be like, oh, hey, and can Ethan come too, uh-huh. right? So <laughs> oh, now yeah. everybody's having, yeah. you know, somebody come. And, um, and so it was like full sibling groups playing with each other. Mm-hmm. So it was like two households becoming one household, and their principles were the same for the most part. Um, and so, It was just beautiful because then you weren't being selfish in your play. Like, oh, this is all about me and my friend, my friend, my moment. No, it was everybody all together, Mm -hmm. talking, playing, doing together. And this was a peace of mind for me because I knew your siblings would also be there with you. And if you ever did or said something that was not right, they'd be like, oh, we don't do that. And they would correct you Mm -hmm. or they would set the example or worst case scenario. If you went off the deep, they'd come tell me. Because they were there. Yeah. There has Pulled to be a witness. Deep, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> off the deep, right? Like off the deep. Like I said, I said no!" I said the word shut up. Or, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah, like that would be like really bad. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so this was huge. This mm-hmm. was huge. Our culture's meshing together like that. Okay. So we did something else that was really deliberate. So um we we helped our children adjust to new social phases in life. So when children are little, they really don't need tons of interaction with friends. They don't, Mm-mm. they should stay close to their family and to their parents, you know, until they are, yeah, honestly, until they start getting to be about, you know, eight years old. Yeah. Well, I, and that includes I mean,
1: like friends also includes like television, media, like what well,
0: kind of, Yeah. Those other influences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but also people like a dance class or soccer practice, like, Yeah, that's all going to be considered friend time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I did not have an excessive amount of friend time for you guys. That wasn't a thing. Uh, when you hit about age eight, we did increase the friend time a little bit from like one play date a week to all of a sudden we had a group thing with a family and we might have like Thursday afternoon, you might be able to play with some friends in the neighborhood and maybe Saturday sometime there might be something happening, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but, but other than that, it was like, that was it. Every, all the rest of the time was family and we didn't go tons of different places all the time. So, but we did
1: go lots of places one-on-one where we had opportunities to socialize with other people and then to analyze those situations.
0: Yeah. And this really started around the age of 12. And so this was huge. So here's the thing. I knew that my children had had different social. Mm -hmm. I on purpose groomed their social different. I mean, I was like, I get the social. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then, um, so then what happened is they hit 12. Well, now they have a little bit different social need. Okay. And they're growing. And then there's things that happen at the church, like youth group, you know, youth night Mm -hmm. at the church. And so All of a sudden, here they are in their the the youth night, and there are people that have had different social. They've been in front of the TV every day for their whole life, or they've had whatever, and they aren't the people I've handpicked, right? (laughs) They're not the people I've. I mean, because you can't you can't just stay with just those people forever. You got to branch out. Mm -hmm. You got to be able to impact everyone for Mm -hmm. good, which means you got to be able to get along with everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So I. Said to myself, okay. Well, they're going to need some help adjusting. Otherwise, this could be social suicide. Mm -hmm. They could they could fall off the deep in in a different direction. Yeah, well, that's
1: hard to do because a lot of parents like, oh, you know, they're old enough. They're you know, it's okay to kind of let them off in the world to discover things and and Mm -hmm. maybe you know, fifty years ago that was fine, Mm -hmm. but nowadays that's not happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, so me and Dad we said, okay. Well, once they hit youth group age, we're actually just gonna go to youth group, Man, we'll just be there, but, but we're not going to like micromanage it or take control or cause it's not our job, right? No. Somebody else is running the youth group at the church. That's their ministry. It's what they're in charge of. And we didn't want to get in anyone's way. We would just come. We're like, well, they need a ride there. Right. They need a ride <laughs> home. So anyway, so we give you a ride there and then we come and sit in the corner and I just have a book. You know, Mm -hmm. and I just gotta read my book, but then kind of also just kind of pay attention to what's going on socially. So if children start bullying other people, or if all of a sudden you're trying to explain yourself about something but you get rude, or something happens, then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna talk to you about it after, Mm -hmm. not right then. I'm not gonna like fix the situation. I'm just gonna make a note. Uh Aha, we need to talk about that. She needs a skill for that. She Mm -hmm. needs to know how to understand what that other person might be thinking, and so or we need to
1: analyze that and talk about it <laughs> right so then
0: on the way home we'd be driving home and we would talk about the situations mm-hmm. and i would give you tips and helps and then the next week i would actually pre-teach you so prepare you ahead of time hey remember this week if this happens let's let's try our new skill that we're thinking of and mm-hmm. you know you can do that and we also did the same thing with chorus
1: yeah for the singing group that we were in
0: yeah so we run a, a singing group with adults yeah
1: we were in an internationally ranked women's barbershop chorus
0: Yeah. Sweet Adeline's group. And uh, it was, and it was an audition. I mean, we were like number 10 in the world at one point, number seven seven in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At one point anyway. And so, I mean, it was a, it was a big deal and it's all women. Right. Mm -hmm. And Paige started this when she was 11 (laughs) Like and the
1: youngest in the entire worldwide organization. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the music thing, it came strong in your yeah. blood. But um, so anyway, so we started this as a mommy-daughter thing that we would do. Mm-hmm. And we would drive there but and talk. It actually came
1: because it was inspired by Daddy Son, because Quinn and Dad did it yes. for part of Quinn's development as well. with the yes. Group.
0: yes, exactly. And we saw this led to such great uh, maturity and development during this. Adult these, training. Uh, yeah, adult training during this time where, youth have a tendency to like kind of I don't pull away from their training and their Mm -hmm. families and we we said to ourselves you know what we're gonna have one night a week as soon as they hit age 11 we are having one night a week the girl with the girl and the boy with you know the girl with mom and the boy with dad yeah and then and and then once you hit 14 London was at that time and or maybe it was 15 it was 15 you hit 15 and London was at that time and then all of a sudden I started doing things with her and we did That's family yeah. history stuff. We yeah. did like genealogical research and some other projects and things, sewing projects, things like that, that we worked on mm-hmm. with her, but it was this social training. But with you and Quinn, because your uh, mom, daughter and dad, sometimes were with these huge groups, you got to see the social interaction amongst adults. And then we could discuss with you what was functional, what was dysfunctional,
1: right? And we had a whole hour drive in, hour drive out
0: to discuss. Yeah, what to prepare, how to pre-teach for what to come, and then also, well, what did we see? And let's talk about that, and let's Mm -hmm. learn from that. And so, you've always been much more mature for your age, and really, these discussions are a huge part of that. Oh yeah, a huge reason. So, because you got to learn what it meant to be a woman from women,
1: from real women, not from
0: same age peers who have no idea yeah. or from the media who often have an agenda or an ideology they want you to follow or they want you to buy something mm-hmm. which has nothing to do i mean no but it's just women socializing yeah.
1: with women having fun with each other and you know having a good time.
0: Yeah, I think nowadays many young girls think that growing up or becoming mature means having fake nails and fake eyelashes and certain clothes. No,
1: it means having real conversations.
0: No, well, I know that's what you know it means it's because true. but but I think that they don't. Mm-hmm. Because if they're learning what it means to grow up from the media, it's all about what you buy next. Yeah. And what you look like. It's all image-based mm-hmm. stuff and and it's just so disappointing. And social status. Oh yeah. How, how much, how many popularity likes you have or, or whatever. Yeah. Huge thing. So, so Paige, because of this training ended up being able to help her siblings and train her siblings.
1: Yeah. No. Cause like you said, there came a time when I was like 15, 16,
0: where you needed to spend a little more time with
1: London. And so we couldn't exactly, you know, drive to our chorus anymore because you needed to be with London those same evenings. And so we had to, you know, we had to take a break and uh, quit for a while, but um, there were times where, you know, our church, we'd have like a, a girl's camp. And, you know, when I first started, you were allowed to come with me and help me analyze social things. But uh, when she started getting old enough to go to those things and we were able to go together for a couple of years, you weren't able to come. And so you're like, okay, Paige, you know, make sure you go, make sure you guys, you know, share a tent, you know, all that stuff, but help her you know, figure out and analyze these social things because you've had a lot of time with me to figure this out. So just, just help her and give her guidance and direction where she needs it. hmm and then you told London that that's what would be happening.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to pre-teach. So it doesn't seem like my sister's trying to control yeah. me. Why, why does my sister act like <laughs> my mom right? all of a sudden? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's going on? So I just said, hey, listen, this is what big sisters do. Mm-hmm. And I have told Paige, I wanted to help you navigate this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it was, it was really helpful because, you know,
1: teenage girls can be dramatic. <laughs> and so it was nice to say, hey, London, you know, do you see what just happened there? Mm-hmm. You know, this is what's going on. So mm-hmm. there's no need to get caught up in it, but you know, this is, this is what's happening. And we don't, we don't have to do much about that. You mm-hmm. know, or
0: this is what we need to do with that. Right. Right. No, it was great. And so that was, it was reinforcement. So mm-hmm. you and and Quinn did a really good job reinforcing for the younger siblings and then London within and, our
1: roles, of course. Yeah, yeah.
0: Within your roles, obviously, but, but London and Porter have constantly reinforced with each other oh yeah they've had the same peer groups they've gotten
1: older now and stuff like
0: that and you and Quinn had similar peer peer groups too when you were older but not like London and Porter no London
1: they they usually were with a lot of the same friends you know boys and girls they all they were always together
0: yeah exactly It, it wasn't like uh, you're friends with the brother. I'm friends with the sister. We all kind of are in the same it's house like, no, or whatever. We're all friends with no, all they, them. <laughs> this is like these are our friend group, and we all make a plan together. Yeah. I mean, it was like, <laughs> and we're gonna have group dates, and so. Porter's first dates happened when London was also on dates mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, and everybody's, well, uh, and they're,
1: they were best friends too. They still are. And so it just yeah. made sense.
0: Yeah. Well, and you and Quinn best friends. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's how I wanted it to be. Yeah. I, I wanted you to see those family relationships as the best social that you would have forever. And we are seeing right as adults now, you and Quinn as adults, you're going on with your lives. Quinn's an adult. He's, He's, you know, building a life for himself. You are doing as well. And you've got a family on the way and, and stuff like that. But like just last night, we're all out to dinner. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's this social group. It's like, Hey, I'm going to be in the same area. Let's definitely have a situation
1: where we were meeting new people Mm -hmm. and could that have been, you know, like introduced into the group. And so, but it was really good. It could be because it was a chance to connect. And then it was just mm-hmm. you and me driving home afterwards. Mm-hmm. We were able to analyze and discuss.
0: Yeah, well, and he really was like, Oh yeah, I want to have dinner with Paige and let's, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then afterward meeting new people, seeing how the social experience went with the new people. And we just of course talked about it mm-hmm. and you know, cause it's just like second nature. We don't even think about it. We're just like, Oh yeah. How did that yeah. go? Oh yeah. That person's <laughs> really great. You know, or whatever. Uh-huh. Just like so great. And, and it, with emphasis on not gossiping, right? Right. Saying, like, so a lot not-
1: of people get to see it as like, quote unquote, like gossip time, you know, after yeah. a situation but we don't treat it as gossip. We don't slander other people. We just say, oh, that was really interesting.
0: You know how that happened or that they brought this up or Mm -hmm. that they're talking about this or that they acted this way. You know, I I wonder if that person, you know think this is one of their priorities, you know or Mm -hmm. whatever, but just kind of like, and saying oh, you know, the the social interaction felt like this which was really nice, right? And so we can describe the feeling and and that kind of thing with each other, which is so good. Okay, so Paige, before we end this topic which we have given so much information. on this topic. Um we definitely need to give a few tips for if you're having social problems. Right. Because I think you know some people and might I think, think we've already okay, given a I've couple got-
1: good suggestions just oh, yeah. based off of our life experience.
0: Everything everything that we've already talked about, do oh, of course yes. do it. It's gonna help. Mm-hmm. But if you are having some trauma, like maybe there's some peers that are bullying, um uh, your, uh, your child's having a hard time talking to other people and attaching with other people uh you know that kind of thing then then we get into um some deliberate planning that needs to happen mm-hmm. okay so as paige and i were talking about that we always had discussions about the upcoming social you're going to want to do the same thing for your child Pre-teach. yeah pre, i pre-taught london for what paige was going to yeah. do to help i pre-taught paige for what it was going to be like at chorus so, or situational at the youth group at yeah. the church and so this situational pre-teaching you're going to be doing for your child as well so Number one, in order for this pre-teaching to work, you have to start establishing ongoing open conversation. Mm -hmm. So if the conversation is not open yet, you've got to just open up that conversation, which means for just a little bit, you know, uh, just have, just have just really just organic moments, you know, go on a walk and don't talk about anything you want to fix about the child for a (laughs) while. Okay. So this might be like, you're going on a walk every day for a week or, or once a week for a few weeks and you're not going to tell them any advice. Okay. Because because people that put up a wall, they're not sure they can trust your advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, and maybe they even don't want it you know, or something, which is not in the roles of how it should be, but they might just think they don't need it or want it or shouldn't have to have Mm -hmm. it or whatever. So just get the conversation going, just get the, the relationship developing, you know, and then, and then have a deliberate moment where, where, uh, and don't act like this is the buildup. This is why I've done all of it. Oh boy, that's just the worst. So, <laughs> so what you do is you just, you know, you're on one of your walks again or whatever you do for fun, playing games or watching your show and, you know, or whatever. And then you say to them, you know what? Um, I really want to, to help you with something I've noticed. We've had a lot of talks and you've been telling me a lot of stuff and, and I've noticed that it, it seems like somebody might be mistreating you. Mm-hmm i want to help you with that w- would you like my suggestions for that and you can just ask you yeah. know and if they're like nope You'd then be, say okay. okay but just know if you ever can't handle it like i can help you or you might say you may not but i'm going to give you one tip
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know or whatever because
1: well, your role is the parent like yes asking is very polite and respectful but, yeah, but
0: so you've like, got to also do training you got to do the training whether you, you know? want to hear it or not honey <laughs> and maybe and maybe don't ask but i'm just thinking if the child if the roles aren't in the right place it might a go a long grounds. way to yes. ask. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, so, cause we can't go into roles today and no. how to get all that in the right place. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So then you, you say, okay, well, so let's, let's talk about, you know, what's going on. So then you have a sodas mindset. Now I don't mean like the drinks. Okay. okay. I mean, like there's a problem solving exercises that we teach in the teaching self-government parenting course. And it's called sodas, which is an acronym that stands for situations, options, disadvantages, advantages, solutions, and it's a process that you go through to solve problems. So so as you have open conversation with them and you say, listen, I'd like to help you with this. And then you all of a sudden start with this sodas mindset. You don't have to say, we're going to do a sodas. You can just start just with it. sodas. You, yeah. you can say, okay, so I'm understanding that a situation if I, if that happens. If have things
1: set up, it's better just to like,
0: do it. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't know what it is yet. Yeah, exactly. But if they do, they'd be like, oh yeah, let's do a sodas. Like mm-hmm. hopefully they'd be open to it. Mm-hmm. So anyway um, you give a situation that leaves open-ended like, so it seems like right now what's happening is so-and-so is saying this kind of thing to you every day and you don't like it. So you're stopping right at the feeling that the person yeah. has. Now that's the moment before they get to make a choice. So then that comes the option stage and they're going to pick at least three options, right? So then so then they pick their options, and then you're going to discuss all the disadvantages and advantages to each one of those options, mm-hmm. which is magical because there are disadvantages to choosing the right thing. That's true. And there are advantages to choosing the wrong thing, which is why we picked the wrong thing in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people don't realize that. And if you can just articulate, like, oh, I keep picking that because I want that, but I'm not remembering this over here mm-hmm. that I could mm-hmm. do. So that's important. Anyway, and then they pick their solution and you discuss this together. But you basically just say, Well, what are some of the bad things that might happen because of that? I mean, basically you're just having a question and answer session yeah and you know and if again if they know what sodas is and you want to write it down that could give them something to refer to afterward but you know maybe not so after you go through all of their options then you say well you know what option is your solution hopefully they're going to pick something really productive yeah and then you, you don't say, want to pick
1: it for them you know because they've just gone through this whole process of thinking through it mm-hmm. and so okay well based off of what you want to achieve what's the best choice to make in this situation yeah so
0: now they've taken ownership in taking a step towards mm-hmm. solving the problem that they might be having within themselves and or with another government. person yeah. yeah a step toward that so then we're going to pre-teach okay so this is what what we should do this is how it should play out mm-hmm. right maybe even practice it say okay when it happens again tomorrow or whatever it is let's practice it so that you're ready to say what it is mm-hmm. and i'll act out the other thing okay so that's going to be pre-teaching the solutions is what you're going to want to do so then so then i usually teach them especially if they're dealing with a bully situation or somebody who is just always getting in their face or complaining, or whatever, to somebody who's a negative Nelly or something. Um, I teach them what I call the magic O. Oh yeah, the magic, the magic O. <laughs> I
1: remember that. Yeah, yeah So the <laughs> magic O, and, and
0: this is the word O. O H. Okay. Yeah. No. And
1: it's it's actually really awesome because you told us well whenever someone says something either for shock value or to try and
0: hurt you, you say, oh, and nothing else. Say nothing else. So so you just sit there and you go oh. And, and it's like, you are thinking a whole bunch of things in your mind, but they don't exactly get to hear what all those are. And it's really but hard I, to continue. From but it's also that. <laughs> like, okay, I just processed that and you need to know I'm processing a lot of stuff right now.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's also like when someone just no. says, oh,
0: they don't have anywhere to go with it. You're yeah, not feeding it. No. Yeah. It
1: stops right there. Yeah.
0: So whatever that is usually just goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just, it's just the magic. Oh, the magic. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Um, and then you want to make sure that you let them know that you will be there for backup. Okay. Mm -hmm. So say, you know, you go follow through with the plan. Okay. And use the magic. O if it applies right Right. to the situation, but then if something goes wrong and you're, you're doing the plan, but it's not going right. You need some extra help. You need somebody to, to come in and back you up. I am there. I am your person. Yeah. Or come get me you know yeah i am there for you and so just making sure that they know you've got their back as well i mean ideally they handle it themselves so they're empowered to do it again in the future Mm -hmm. that's the ideal situation yeah well i know even Uh, when we
1: had like we were going to social things maybe we were a little older you know there were parties with friends and you know you said well if anything goes sketchy or you know you feel uncomfortable you can blame it on family rules just blame it on us say oh my parents said i needed to be home by such and such time Or, oh, my parents said I can't do that. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was really comforting because you told us to blame you to keep
0: us safe, like Mm -hmm. in social situations like that. Mm -hmm. So shouldn't anything come up? Now, hopefully we're never going to a house like that. Right. But should it ever come up that something goes wrong? Because we did have a few friends that it was like, when they were young, things were super awesome and perfect. And then they got a little bit older and the family's standards and morals kind of shifted and they got into really kind of social media type, living it, it kind of shifted a bit mm-hmm. and so there was a little bit of interaction that happened that i should say a little bit quite a bit actually of interaction that happened we kind of decreased creased it and ended up picking you know to Two spend times yeah. with some other people that were definitely more on the same page but but we also still loved these other people because yeah. they were such close friends and part of our our life and so so then you know it was just hey i mean if anything ever is said or done or whatever that you feel like you got to take a stand then just remember here it is. And, and you guys were always fine. Totally empowered. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we
1: ever had to use it per se. No, because
0: really they were great, yeah. great people. But It was always
1: yeah. an option. And we, you know, it was blame it on our, our parents and our family standard because we live mm-hmm. by our family standard
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but it was, it was a very nice thing to have that kind of backup arsenal um, where, you know, we can, we could use that as, I guess you could say an excuse, um, to get out of a tight situation, but mm-hmm. that's—I really felt like you guys were there to back us up when you mentioned that, and when you said, "This is what you need to do." Yeah, it's going to make us look like really petty parents, but
0: we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not You're trying to impress your friends, so that's okay. Yeah, I don't have to be the favorite parent in the neighborhood. Although people liked me, it's true. So it's okay. Yeah, I was We always had kids on it. Oh and- boy, we always had people <laughs> over. Yeah, no, we were we were good. We we had the we had a fun house. We had a party house. And- mm-hmm. And and it's been fun to have that, you know, happen all the time. And 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 as Quinn always says to me, he's like, Mom, it's just so great because you guys are so chill. Mm-hmm. You know, so we are chill, we're super chill. Yeah. Um, and we're very super structured, but and we're chill. not judgmental, right? That's super true. chill, super judgmental, but discerning. Non-
1: non-judgmental.
0: Oh, hello. Did I say it the wrong way? <laughs> yes. Super judgmental. Oh, great. Well, that's gonna be for a good laugh. Yes. Anyway, okay. <laughs> well, you know, actually not that one. So super chill super non-judgmental. That's the one. <laughs> and then discerning, very, mm-hmm. very discerning, very deliberate about the choices that we're going to make in all things, yep. academically, spiritually, socially, with our family culture, everything. So anyway, this is how you beef up your social training. So we're talking about really preparing them for success, not just giving them little tiny strategies, but really getting to the heart of the matter and making good plans with your children. Thank you so much for joining us on this teaching self-government podcast. Mm-hmm. If you would like to find more out about sodas, about self-government, about skills you need for success or social training, which I have whole classes about, you can go to teaching self-government.com and you can find a whole lot more there. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.